Hey man, what does the word neuro mean? Do you know? The root of it is based on the nervous system. Oh, okay. So you say neuro, like neuroscience. It's a science of the nervous system. Actually, what I say is neuro gum, and I say neuro mints because they are a proud <laughs> partner and sponsor of the I Need of That podcast. They put a lot of good stuff into neuro gum and neuro mints. Give me some of your favorites. Caffeine, theanine, B vitamins. The combination of those three is it's a bit of a trifecta when it comes to energy, focus, and clarity. So it's funny because when I first started with Neuro, I, I fell in love with the cinnamon gum. I know. And you kept talking about the mints. <laughs> the mints are the best. And so I started using the mints and now I love them. They're so good. They are so good. And all you need to do is hit that sponsor link, which is in our show notes, tryneurogum.com slash I needed that to enjoy calm, clarity, and focus whenever you need it. I want to mention that our podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. They've been with our podcast since pretty much the very beginning. And that's because mental health is really important to you and me. It's huge. And it's been a game changer for me and my journey of transformation. It's 100% <laughs> online to get started. You just answer a couple of quick questions about yourself, your preferences in therapy, and then you schedule with somebody and it's all the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from an in-office therapy, but you get somebody who's custom picked for you. So please enjoy 10% off your first month. Go to betterhelp.com slash I needed that. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash I needed that. We've also got the link in our show notes. Before we get to the podcast, what is, if you can probably, if you can land on one thing, what was the one thing you got from talking it out that helped you so much? I didn't have the ability to identify exactly what was happening until she put it into clinical words mm. and everything took shape from there. She was the one who helped me identify that I have an anxiety disorder. Right. And the moment she said it, I could do something about it. Yes, buddy. And I love it. That was the beginning of my journey out of the dark place that I was in. Enjoy 10% off. Go to better. H-E-L-P.com slash I needed that. You'll also find the link in the show notes. Let's get to today's podcast. Look at us, bud. Here we go. Yes. Monday morning, another round of the I Needed That podcast. I'm Matthew Blades. And I'm Chris Powell. So today, we are about to have one of the most incredible conversations with this guy named Chris Hinshaw. How do you know Chris? Well, I've known Chris, I, I've known his name for probably 15 years. Yeah. He is the, the most respected aerobic capacity coach in dare I say, in the world. He works with all the, the greatest athletes. I mean, this guy travels around the world working with the top athletes. And so like it is. Truth be told, and we're going to get into this in the podcast today, but he watched one post from your Instagram account and was able to tell everything he needed to know about your stride, your breathing, all of these things. I cannot wait to get into it with Chris today. Oh man, the, the guy is a wealth of information. I mean, we're gonna learn so much. So buckle up my friends. This is gonna be a really amazing ride that we're all gonna have some pretty powerful takeaways from. All right, we also have plans to uh, do Would You Rather today. We're gonna do Name That Tune. You're gonna do a deep dive today on setting an intention is what you had initially planned on. You still wanna stay with that? Yeah, let's 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 see where we flow today. Okay, yeah, let's just have some fun with it. All right, listen. <laughs> uh, as mentioned, we're gonna get to uh, things with Chris right now, and I, I went on to Chris's speaking of snooping Instagram accounts. I went on to Chris's Instagram account uh, just yesterday, and was just watching a bunch of his videos to kind of get a little bit of an insight as to who this guy was. I came across this clip and I thought it was a great place for us to make the introduction. So have a listen. There's no difference in the work that I've done and I've done a ton of work with kids. 
The insecurities that kids have, teens, and what middle-aged adults have, they're the same. Life has beaten you down by the time, and it's like, you know, you didn't turn that project in on time. Mm-hmm. The quality of it wasn't great. Your bosses, you know, or your deadlines, that beats everyone down. And you know where it surfaces is? In your health and fitness. And you see it all the time. And if you can improve an individual's confidence in the gym, it reflects in their life. How about it, Chris? Mm. Welcome to the I Need of That podcast. Thank you very much. Wow. I, I've never had an opening clip from my, 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 my archive stuff um, <laughs> as an intro. That, that put me on edge right there. I'm not comfortable with hearing myself. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, every time you open your mouth, so much value comes out that the world needs to know. So you better get used to it. <laughs> I, no, I appreciate that. I, I, I've, I've really tried. And, and, and Chris, you know, we, we've known each other for a while, I, I, a long time. And I've always admired how you break something down to where it's digestible, where you can remember it. I, I always tell people that if, if someone tells you something and you can't tell a third party that same information mm. tomorrow, then you're never going to remember it. it and you make it so that it's, it's digestible and usable. And that's a hard skill to develop. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. I get the information from much smarter people like yourself. And then I turn around and I try to explain it. And you know, you know where actually I practice, I practice trying to explain it to my kids. And that's, 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 I'll I'll take the concepts that you come up with coach and then I'll turn around and try to explain it to them. And then it helps me articulate it for, for everybody else. So somebody said to me one time, you're not a good teacher until you can teach a good teacher to be a good teacher. And that's kind (laughs) of like what you're saying, right? It's like, you need to be able to pass that three times down and then you got it. There you go. Yeah. So, so Chris, where in the world are you right now? I can see that you're in a hotel room and you're in the midst of your world travels because you, you get the, you got the coolest job in the world. So where, where are you at? Uh, right now I'm in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, yesterday I was in Montreal, Canada. I spent uh, five days with uh, Jeffrey Adler. And if you know the sport of CrossFit, you know that he just dominated at the semifinals um, in, in, uh, in Orlando, uh, and he's a top contender to go to the games. Um, Matt Frazier is here in yeah. town. I'm going to meet up with him, and then we're lucky enough to head off to Zurich to do a seminar. Wow! And, and you just came in from Berlin, also, right? Yeah, we did a <laughs> seminar in Berlin and and helped out with the the semifinals in Berlin. Um, did a lot of activations um, for the community. Um, yeah, it was a great event. Great event. Love it. Well, listen, we have our own version of the CrossFit games here on the I Needed That podcast. <laughs> it's called Move One Million. Yes. Um, you're about to burn so many calories here, Chris. It's out of it. <laughs> control. <laughs> you want to take us through the sequence and let's talk about why we're doing this? Yes, okay. we're, we're going to have some fun. It's two and a half minutes. It's a top-down warm-up, and it's it's a, it's the same warm-up done every day to the same music. So, Chris, um, just a little bit about it. It's a nonprofit that I started during the pandemic. And it got adopted by a bunch of the public schools in the area. And now it's grown. And so now we're in 76 countries and it's just, it's really cool. And the, the purpose is to standardize movement and mindfulness for all of our kids in our schools. And because they need these tools as they yep. grow up. And so this needs to kick off the CrossFit games every year. I would be honored to warm up the athletes. I tell you what, wow. their, their warmups are usually a little bit more intricate than, than this, but it's, Hey, it's a first step. Okay. Tell you what, you want to stick around and do move 1 million with us. You can right now, or you can skip ahead to the eight minute mark. Okay. Let's go, Chris. Okay. So we're going to start with that head roll to the right. Here we go. 
Nice slow head roll to the right. Followed by a head roll to the left. Here we go, eyes up. We're gonna go arm circles out as we open up our shoulders here. And then in to an X, then out to a Y, then in to an X. To the hug stretch now, out and in. There you go. Just opening up that chest now, four more. Here's three more. Here's two and one. Now we're gonna reach for the sky. We go sky, thighs, and we reach for our toes three times. And we do it one more time. Sky, thighs, toes, knees and toes, knees and toes. We drop it down and slowly roll it up. All right, now we're gonna twist up to the right. We twist up to the right, down to the left. Up to the right, down to the left. Good, just all core rotation here. Last one, back to center. Now we go up to the left, just like a golf swing. There you go. Good job, Chris. You're doing great. <laughs> Last one, back to center. Now we march it out. We swing those arms and we drive those knees. We start warming up those lower body muscles here. Four more. Here's three. Here's two. Last one in two. We call them kickbacks. We send our arms overhead and we kick our foot back toward our butt. We got four more here, three more. Here's two, last one. Big superhero stretch here. We take it down the center. Now we're gonna step it forward and we punch our arms forward and back. We switch sides, punch it forward and back. We're gonna do a lateral lunge. Back to center, lateral lunge, other side. Good, now we take it back, pressing overhead. Good, last one. We jog it out. We only got two movements left, we're almost there. Now we do a squat and we reach. Squat and reach, there you go. Nice little side stretch here. Into the last movement, we call these Phoenix squats here. Swooping our arms together, taking them overhead. Here's three, here's two, last one. And then we flex it out. Nice. I love it. Oh, great job, my friend. That's it. We did it. We survived. <sighs> We've won million. How does that compare to the CrossFit games, Chris? <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that I always tell people about the importance of a warm-up. Yeah. And one of the important features in a warm-up is it's a test of whether or not you feel good that day. Like, is it really like just that you don't want to do it or you feel actually bad that day. You need more time to recover. And so I always tell people, start out slow, start out slow. Just put your, put your clothes on, put your shoes on and just walk out the door. Mm. And if you have a change of, of opinion right then, then maybe that's not your time. But if you always look at, man, I got to do this incredible event it's going to be mind bending, crushing physically. Everybody gets overwhelmed by that. But why think about that until you get there? Just take it off in little pieces, just like we just did. If I did that, what I would do is I would now go out and I would jog a 400 meter lap. Mm. If I felt good, I'd continue. If you take it in small pieces, it's much more manageable mentally. Mm. Words spoken by one of the greatest coaches in the world, of our time right now. I really appreciate that, Chris. And by the way, I, I, I feel that even not even being a world-class athlete, just going out to the garage to do a warm up. You're right. You know, and, and, and just, 
you know, getting a couple reps in and seeing how I feel. But, but I can only imagine what it's like for the people that you're working with because they're, 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 they're out there to take on a monumental task. And it's, it's interesting to, to hear that they do it just one thing at a time. Also, they slowly work themselves into that, into that mental space. But that, that's also what <clears throat> that opening clip talked about. There's no difference between the best of the best, right? Gold medalists and that, that recreational athlete, or even the person who's lost their fitness and, and is looking to regain it. They're all struggling with confidence. Every single one of them, the, the world champions are struggling with confidence. Matter of fact, I would argue that a world champion is more delicate, mm-hmm. right? They're more fragile of augering into the earth than the recreational athlete. They're all seeking confidence though. Mm. Amen to that. I tell you, the thing that struck me in getting to know you, Chris, was this idea that you take people and you take what some would consider a weakness and you turn it into a strength. Because for me, in my world, I'm all about mental health and wellness. And there's so many parallels to that. Um, when I'll give you a, for example, so I, I go and speak in prisons and I talk to some of these, these guys who are behind bars and I say the very thing that got you in here could be the very thing that becomes your superhero power to get you out of here. Like, you you know, you take all of the stuff that you're used to, the chaos, the trauma, all the things that you've experienced on the way, how good are you now in chaotic situations? Most people aren't good in chaotic situations. So now that what you thought was a weakness, that thing that maybe put you in, gotten you in some, some trouble now becomes the thing that you can really harness when you're out there in the real world, because you're better than other people when it comes to chaos, you're better than other people when it comes to difficult situations. And so there's so many parallels to me between the physical and mental battle. And so I appreciated that about you. And I wonder if you take us even further down that road. So I love what you just said. I, I, I'm not sure if you're working with adults or kids, but if, if it is like, like juveniles, it is juveniles. Yeah. So that what you just said with kids, they don't realize, in my experience, they don't realize how to get out from where they are. They don't have the tools. They don't just they don't have the experiences. And and what I've realized with kids is that they 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 need someone to just give them a, a piece of advice. But that advice has to be like understandable, relatable actionable. If it's just pie in the sky stuff, because I said so type explanation, they're not going to do anything with it. And that's the shame is that with these kids, they're just looking for an opportunity, but they need the stimulus from somewhere, the idea. And I love that you're going in and, and, and saying, Hey, maybe if you took what you're doing and you looked at it or you approached it in this way, there's your future. And adults, it's the same exact experience that I have. I think that the problem with adults and teens is that it eventually you become, you become pushed into a corner where you don't want to dream anymore. Mm. You don't want to imagine. You don't want to put yourself to where you want to be because life is hard. And when you get older, you realize that there's tons of hardship and it is difficult to turn that ship around. And that's where a good coach can come in. I always tell people, if you could turn around your nutrition, you can turn around your fitness, your life turns around because those two pieces, that's what you own. You own those. Mm -hmm. And if you can make those 
solid. Now you have something to build from because the pieces that you own, that others want, you can drive them into a better position. You just said something that I think I'm sure everybody listening can relate to is that at one point, maybe it's now or maybe it was in the past or it would be in the future. You're going to get pushed into a corner where you don't dream anymore. And you just said, if you can take control of those two things, your nutrition and your fitness, those are, would you say those are the, some of the first steps as a coach? Is that where you go? Those are the first steps to helping someone get out of that place. Yeah. And I want them to see what I see. I want them to see what the potential is. And I want them to understand that they're going to have to have courage. They're going to have to take risk along the way. If they want to create this, better lifestyle, this, this, this lifestyle with more confidence, this lifestyle that has more knowledge that I am doing the right thing, Mm. then they're going to have to have some courage along the way. But if I don't get them to see what I see, to buy into the game plan, then they're always going to look over my shoulder for something shiny. And I mean, we know this, if we can keep somebody coming back tomorrow, we can get them there. The problem is, is that if we can't retain the athlete, then all hope's gone. Yes. Yes. What, what would you say though, when, when you're trying to bring that out of anybody? And the thing is, again, Chris, you work with everybody from the most elite athletes to children to just everyday people as you're trying to, to help them realize that special. And by the way, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It's easy to believe in people because you know, you know what we're capable of. You know what humans are capable of. And you're, you're trying to get them to believe. You're trying to get them out of that corner where they don't believe in themselves anymore. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see some people make? The biggest mistake I see people make is that they underestimate what their ab- ability is. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of that is, is do you in your training end up at the end of the workout with too much energy? Do you have too much in the tank? Does your finishing sprint where you really push that last 30 seconds, are you just fully loaded and you're just ripping through that? Or are you feeling like I am just about to make it to that finish line? And if you time it right, all the muscles shut down just as you cross that line. Hmm. Which athlete are you? Are you too conservative? And for most adults, what I see is that they're too conservative in their approach and they're not getting the most value out of the workout. And the reason why is because they don't know how to attack a workout or do a workout that they've never done before. Right. They're, they're scared. A lot of them right. are scared. And so how does a, a, an individual that doesn't understand what we understand, how would they attack a workout where they don't even know if they could finish it? Mm. And so that's the trick to get them to see what you see, to teach them how to actually attack a workout that you've never done before. Like for example, this concept of pacing, should you control your intensity or should you just get it and go? What's the answer? Right. So the answer is, is it based it's based upon time. So the very first thing that you must do as an athlete, when you're looking at a workout and it doesn't matter what the workout is, look at it and say, how long is that going to take me to do? And that's going to define your level of intensity. But if it's over three minutes, if that is over three minutes, then you have to control your intensity. You don't have unlimited energy to just take it out fast 
and hang on. Mm. You're going to die. So (laughs) (laughs) you have to control the consumption of your energy in order to maximize performance. And so when you add it all up and it's over three minutes, you have to be more patient. Mm. Okay. Okay. And then how do you teach people that body awareness? Say, say it's just a regular, it's a mom. Mm-hmm. Who she she's she hasn't been that active for a while, and she's going to get out there, and she wants to she wants to get after it for ten minutes and realize her potential. Like, yep. H- how do you take her through that? So, it, if I was just taking it through anybody, and let's just say we we're targeting ten minutes, like I really like what you said, Chris, about like your fifteen minutes and and fifteen minute intervals on the you know in terms of your cardio. Right. It wasn't sustainable for you. Right. right? But you found that 10 minutes was. So the key is, is finding something that is sustainable. I would involve the athlete in that, that, that answer. Because the mistake that I see a lot of coaches making these days is they're just pushing and telling the athlete what to do. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Well, it's a matter of time before you're not going to treat it the same way. You're going to push off and create some resistance. But what if I involve you in the writing of the workout? Now you're vested. Mm. It was you that picked this 10 minutes. What I'm doing is I'm going to maximize the value of your 10 minutes. And I'm going to make it so that you want to come back tomorrow and do another 10 minutes. Yes. And that's the trick. You have to, in some way, somehow involve the individual in the training process so they have a vested interest. So they think about the mistake that they made in that workout and they review it. And if we can get them to do that, they'll come back. I love that. All right. Chris is going to give us a call to action toward the end of this thing. You mentioned before we even started recording, Chris, that you stumbled on an Instagram post of Chris where he's wearing a 40 pound vest. And then you blew our freaking mind because you said, so I started listening to your breathing and I could hit your feet hitting the rocks and I could tell all kinds of different things. Will you, will you have this conversation for the sake of our audience again, please? Yes. And by the way, you guys are going to hear, you're going to hear coach Chris tear me apart right now. No, no, I'm not. I'm, 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 I mean, the one thing that I never am is I'm, I'm never condescending or disrespectful or sarcastic. I, you know, when I got into the sport of triathlons um, way, way back when I, I was underdeveloped as, as a teenager. I, and, and I grew up in a household that, that my, I have two sisters and a, and a younger brother and, and they were great at everything they did. I wasn't, I was awkward and clumsy and, and so skinny. And I, I had to steal my brother's gold, you know, his swimming medals because I never had a medal before. I had to pretend <laughs> like I won them in some dual meet, you know, in reality, they were my brothers. It was so sad. Well, so I was watching the Ironman Kona, the world championships on TV, um, back in the eighties. And I was watching it with my dad and, um, my dad was rough. I mean, at times rough on me, uh, And I'm watching this and I was really overwhelmed, like with emotion about, wow, if I did that event and here I was 17 years old, if I did it, no one can ever take it away from me. It would be success. It would be something that 
maybe not as good as my brother and my sisters, but no one could, it was mine. Mm. And that's what fitness does is, is you do something and it's yours. You earned it. Whether it's a 5k or a marathon or even going and doing the wine Ironman, you do it, you finish, you did it. And it's yours forever. And, and that, that resonated. And you did it. You did the Ironman seven times, I, right? Yeah, I did Kona seven times. But in that conversation with my dad, my dad said something to me that changed my life. And this is what coaches can do. If an athlete is willing to take some risk, if they're willing to put something out there, then there is an opportunity to change the trajectory of that individual's life. And and so I mentioned with in this sitting down watching this with my dad, I'm like, I'd like to do that. Now, my dad, like I said, was kind of tough on me at times. Imagine the power he had in whatever he said next as a, to a 17-year-old boy. And it, he knew that I didn't pay attention a lot, and so he repeated <laughs> it's 2.4-mile ocean swim. It's a 112-mile bike ride, and it's 26.2-mile run across the lava fields of Hawaii in the heat of the day. And I, I, I looked over, and I shake my head. I'm like, yeah, I, 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 that's what I want. Now, imagine if he was sarcastic, if he was condescending or disrespectful, I would have just cowered and said, you know what? No, no, no. Mm. But he didn't. He looks over and the the time that I got to give him credit, he came through. He's all, let's make that happen. That's what I always think about. And with athletes that I work with is, is I want to be what my dad did for me. I had the courage as a kid to say I wanted to do something that I had no right to say I can do it. But he told me, you know what? You do it. I got you if it doesn't go out well. If you fail, I got you. I appreciate wow. the, the, the risk that you're about to make. And I always think about that whenever I have somebody come in the door. If you have a dream, Chris, and you said to me, you know what? I want to do a 500-pound back squat and a five-minute mi- five mile. I turn around and go, okay, you know what? Let's go for it. Because wow. who is it for me to say that that dream's not possible mm. until you prove to me it's not? Right. I love this. From right. the mental health aspect, there are a few different ways that parents can really injure their children. And I mean, I'm talking about like inner child wounds that stick and stay with them and really mess up their operating system for the rest of their lives unless they kind of lean into fixing it. But shaming and teasing are one of the top two ways that you can crush your kids Mm. crush them wow and i see that i see that in i mean we see that in 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 sport where parents get overly involved right and it's unfortunate because you you will remove that that willingness to take risk to put yourself on the line and fitness it is one of the pieces that transcends into the workplace. You want people that are willing to go for the adventure, to take the risk, but that takes a position where you have to feel safe. And I love that because you have to think about it from your perspective. You were being incredibly vulnerable in that moment. You, you you know, take your question, Chris, you'd said, are you willing to take a risk? Okay. So you asked that question in your head and you decided the answer was yes. And then you articulated that vision. And in that moment, he said, let's make that happen. Yep. That's incredible. It is. So that's why Chris, I would never pick on you. But what I did is I went through and I, I, Youth, every now and then athletes will put stuff out there and they don't realize what they're putting out there. So 
when I saw you running with the 40 pound vest, there was many things that I immediately triggers in my head. And the first thing was, is how good is this guy? <laughs> yeah. right? I ask is that all good? the time, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, well, I'm curious to hear the answer now. <laughs> so, Let's the, hear it. <laughs> the post for the people that are listening where was your Insta post on uh, back April 28th. And, and it's a picture of you wearing a 40 pound weight vest. And, when you swipe, there is a, a you're running on this this dirt road and I can hear you breathing in the video. I could hear your breath and I could also hear your footstep making contact with the gravel road. So it's very easy for me to listen to your breathing and determine whether or not your breathing pattern is rhythmic. And when we talk about anything, everything gets unfortunately too complicated and and breathing is one of those that's gotten really complicated because of nasal breathing and in through the nose and out through the mouth but the core concept that people must recognize when it comes down to breathing is two things is your breathing a reliable and predictable pattern or is it random Mm. and swimmers they have the best breathing rhythm right so if they're breathing on one side it's breath, one, two, three, breath, one, two, three, breath. Right. So it's, it's rhythmic. The reason why that's important is because the brain is responsible for the recruitment of your motor units to move. Well, imagine the brain doesn't know when the next dose of oxygen or energy is coming in. Mm. If it's random, how would it not know that you're going into a one minute breath hold? It mm. wouldn't. Right. And so because of that, your brain is going to hold a much higher percentage of muscle fibers in reserve because you're randomly breathing. So the first thing that I did, Chris, is I listened to that. And it was beautiful. It was a perfect, perfect rhythm. (laughs) Now, the way that people can monitor their rhythm in running or rucking as you did is what you're doing is counting the number of steps you take per complete cycle of breath. An exhale always starts on an impact. Mm. So it makes it easy to really listen and count your breaths, our number of steps per cycle of breath, because the exhale starts on one foot strike. And then what you do is you just, you count your number of steps until you exhale again. Wow. You, I, I hope everyone's paying really close attention to this I am right now. I'm locked in. Man. Yes, I, I hope am everyone, locked in. everyone listening, so, your exhale so starts on the. Okay, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead you go do ahead. that. Yeah. Where you're exhaling on, and and you exhale, and I hear it. It's and it doesn't matter if it's the left foot or the right foot. It's very clear when you exhale on that video. It's it's so crisp. And the beautiful thing is that your exhale is smooth. It's not. <sighs> Right. So you take four steps per cycle of breath. And like I said, it's rhythmic, but you don't go and then you go. You take a nice fluid exhale. You're pushing all your air out in two steps and then you inhale for two steps. Now, what's nice is that you have this four count cadence for the people that get confused to do this at home. Buy some foam earplugs from the pharmacy and what it will do is block out all of the other sound other than what your heart, your lungs are making. All right. You're breathing. Right. And so you'll lock that in. And Chris, what you did was a perfect rhythmic breathing cadence by taking one breath per four steps. Wow. In that. Job, now, and I was totally, to be honest with you guys, 
I was totally unaware of that until this conversation right no now. Way. I, yeah. No, because no. When, when I go out there, it's literally just about putting the pack on. And for me, my, my mantra is just like, keep breathing so I don't die. <laughs> so, and that's all I think. And I just go out there and as long as I keep breathing, I know I'm going to be okay. Now, are <laughs> you concerned it. at all that he's going to be thinking about his breathing too much moving forward now? Like he's going to be out there like, I got to do the cadence, right? No, so that's where help me, so actually. the breathing is one of the most important things that, that I would want an athlete to understand. Because the breath is the tell of their intensity. So I mentioned that you take four steps per cycle of breath. Well, that's important to know because that tells me that you're in control, meaning your muscles are getting enough oxygen to support the energy needs. Mm. They're getting enough. But what if you begin hyperventilating? Mm. That's a sign that your muscles are not getting enough oxygen. You're essentially dying. So I use the breath to understand whether or not an athlete is in control or out of control of their intensity. Are they in a non-sustainable pace, meaning above lactate threshold, or are they actually, they may be suffering, but they're getting enough oxygen to the muscles that are moving. Right. And that's the next piece for Chris is that, all right, in the middle of that run, was I hyperventilating? Was I okay? And the answer is, is you are completely okay. You were fine. You were taking four steps. But if you went to three steps, now you're in a non-sustainable pace. That is a speed that's not sustainable. You're going to have to slow back down to a four. Mm. So the only time I would really encourage people to think about their breath is when you're suffering. And the breath will tell you right away, you know what? You're on a three count and you're 10 minutes from the finish line. You better slow down or you're going to stop. Okay. G- good to know. Okay. So I got a question for you for someone who's listening right now and they just want to get out there and they want to start walking, maybe a, yep. a fast walk. Would you tell them would they first want to think about their cadence for the walk or slow, smooth breathing or both at the same time? Yeah. So that's where it, it, it's nice to be a coach And because there's so many options, we have so many options that are available to us. And what we call these is we call them workout qualities that we can manipulate these various qualities within a workout to keep an athlete motivated throughout the entire time. Like, for example, I've done a lot of workouts in my day, a lot. All the workouts that I write, I've done either the exact workout or a variation of that workout. If I look at a workout and I, it's like, oh, that's a 5K for time. That's our workout of the day. I'm not going to do it because I'd be bored to death in a 5K for time. <laughs> so what I would do is I would tell someone who is interested in walking as their primary goal will always hold that as the specific goal. But that doesn't prevent us from doing generalized training to support that goal. Mm. And one of the support mechanisms that I would look at is looking at my cadence. And that's what I noticed when you were rucking with that 40 pounds. Now, 40 pounds gets serious, right? Yeah, it certainly does. Right. And so you can no longer hit that, that, that trajectory, um, that you would when you were sprinting or or regular running because the weight is pushing you into a shuffle. Right. This is where cadence matters. Your cadence was very low. It was probably 165. 
Um, and I couldn't see your feet. I could just hear your feet, but I could time your feet and get it. So 165 is relatively low. The reason why it's a concern is because what if, what if you lose your, your ability to have that long stride and you want to maintain your speed? If you lose your stride length and you only have one cadence, then you're going to slow down. Mm. And that's what we see with athletes is they don't have a cadence gear when they ruck. We see it all the time in the military. They're not training them based upon cadence. You want to go faster in the military, they tell you, take a longer stride. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that could lead to a whole host of injuries, right? right. Low back and maybe you should learn how to ruck at 180 steps per minute, 190 steps per minute. Tia Claire Toomey, the fastest and, and most dominant female CrossFit athlete ever. Right. She's the fastest rucker with a heavy load, and she takes 185 steps per minute. Now, wow. imagine if you could learn to take 190. You'll win. Yeah. Is it, and this is why he is the most sought-after coach. He's broken down every component of movement. You, you just even listen. If you yes. just broke down the last five minutes of conversation, you can hear cadence, speed, pacing, breathing, duration, like all these different things. And this is where like, he's, he's, he's a ninja about this stuff. And you know what he didn't say was he didn't talk about what brand of shoes you should wear or uh, what kind of shorts you should have on or like what you should have put in your body that morning. Like all of it was very much about the things that we have control over. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. our breathing. You know what I mean? And that's what I think is so impressive. Now, I, you've got trainings coming up all over the, the world, really, but you've got some trainings coming up in Los Angeles, Chicago, Linwood, Washington. Yeah. I don't know if that's anywhere near where you grew up. Uh, it's, it's a little bit north. Is it? Okay. But, and, uh, and then he's got one in Cooksville, Cooksville, Tennessee. And so can I ask you a question? When you, you do these trainings for folks, um, who's showing up? And then, and then is there a theme of things that they're looking to gather from you? I would imagine there is. That's, that's a great question. Um, what's interesting to me when, when I, the people that come, it's a broad range of people. Um, and it's not, it's a lot of runners, a lot of triathletes, but a lot of people that are just looking at health and fitness and wanting to better understand the, the, the purpose of workouts, the why behind workouts, everybody's looking for that most efficient and effective way. The problem that uh, the, the people that I run into at these seminars or, or lectures is they don't realize what they already know. They're just missing the connections between what they know to link it all together. And here's an example, like, you know, there's a lot of discussion about zone two and, and, and heart rate based training zone two. And, and I love that. I love that that's being talked about, but many coaches, they're missing the connection uh, with zone two. And that is the muscles speed. How fast are you actually moving? And and if we just focus on heart rate from an equation that may be wrong, right? Because it's just a guess. It's an equation. Right. Then what are our muscles actually doing? Are you training your muscles based upon this heart rate to here's an example. Let's say that your zone two heart rate is 150. You take off on your run and you want to do 20 minutes. 
you're going to maintain that heart rate of 150 at the start. Now imagine your speed is, let's say, a 10-minute mile. <clears throat> at the start, you're fresh. Heart rate's 150, 150, 150, 150, 150. Your speed is 10-minute mile. But then you start getting fatigued because you don't have that, that stamina, that endurance. And so you maintain heart rate of 150, but what does your speed do as you get close to the 20 minutes? It starts to drop. It slows down. Yeah. Well, you just taught yourself to hurt at a heart rate of 150, but what did your muscles learn to do at the end of it? Slow they down. learned how to go slow, yeah. right? And so what you want to do is you want to make sure that when you're explaining something to somebody that they understand the entire concept because what do you do after zone two when an athlete gets bored with just zone two heart rate running? What's the progression? What's the next step? And that's what I'm trying to teach people is use what you know, but then open up into a whole nother chapter of opportunity to just target zone two. Mm. So what people do is that they'll then say, well, faster is better, right? So I'm going to focus on my 10 minute mile speed and they'll do 10 minute mile. And at the end of the workout, they'll maintain 10 minute mile, but their heart rate will spike. And that's one of the pieces where people think faster is better, but you turned a slow twitch workout into a fast twitch workout. Mm. So mm-hmm. this is what you need to do in a true zone too. Yes. Heart rate is important. But remember, there's probably 15 different max heart rate formulas just for max heart rate, let alone right. zone two. Totally. Yes, there are. Right. There's a so gazillion like, formulas out there. Right. And which one's right? Well, the only way to know is to get a VO2 max test. Right. Um, I had a kid uh, that got a VO2 max test and he did it in public. Uh, and so, you know, people saw it. So that's why I could talk about it. But he was 19, 20 years old. If you call, follow Mathetone's 180 minus your age as a zone two. So again, if you want to know the quick and dirty way to come up with your zone two, you could follow Mathetone's 180 minus your age. So this kid was 20. So that would be 160. When he did his VO2 test, his actual zone two was a heart rate of 106. So wow. imagine he's training at 160 and it's actually at 106. Wow. That's the problem with the formulas. So what you do is you monitor your heart rate. It's a a way to monitor your intensity, but always focus on the speed because at the end of the day, it's the speed that matters. And so when you start off on your zone two workout, you're going to focus on that speed, 10 minute mile, 10 minute mile. As soon as your heart rate goes five beats above your zone two target, so let's say 180 minus your age, you're 30, that's 150. As soon as it goes five beats above, meaning hits 155, I want you to walk. Why walking? Because we're doing a slow twitch muscle fiber development workout. We're focusing on building our endurance, improving our ability to clear fatigue, improving our stamina, spending more and more time on our feet. So what we're doing by walking is we're not interfering with the purpose of the workout. What we're doing physiologically is we're allowing those slow twitch fibers more time to recover so that they could go back into the workout. They could go back in the game. The reason why your heart rate is climbing at the end of that 20 minute effort is because you're recruiting fast twitch fibers, right? 
Those fast are coming in because the slow just didn't get enough time to recover. Well, give them more time to recover by walking. As soon as your heart rate drops five beats below, in this case, 145, you start running again. Your job as an athlete is to find a heart rate and a speed that you can do unbroken for 20 minutes. Mm. That's the purpose. Makes sense. 20 minutes, now your structure's sound enough to take on a pounding with more intensity or more volume. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm going to start walking during my rucks now. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that, that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway. Oh, I love that's it. Why I tell people when they're out of shape, enjoy being out of shape. There's plenty enough time to suffer, but build the structure, build the bones, the ligaments and the tendons. But this is where people, when they come to our course, they're, they're not sure what that is. Well, the answer is I want you to focus on that zone two heart rate. 180 minus your age is a good ballpark at one consistent speed and and try and get there without actually ever walking wow. any speed, a consistent speed. Yes. Without walking, without walking, ah. you in the beginning, you're going to end up walking a lot, yep. but keep slowing your pace until you find your pace that you make it 20 minutes. Once you do that, you have two options. You maintain your speed and that heart rate, but instead of 20 minutes, you go to 25 mm. and then the 30. Yes. The holy grail in this programming is one hour. That's wow. the best of the best. So if you got to 30 minutes, you're legit. You're yeah. in rare air. Got it. Option two is you maintain always at 20 minutes. You maintain your heart rate, in this case, 150. But instead of a 10-minute mile, we're going to go to 945. Mm. Now, you may walk, but your job is eventually 945 unbroken. Then go to 930. Then go to 915. Got it. Okay. Those are the two ways you progress your zone two for the recreational, like everyday fitness enthusiast. I love that. I, I, I like, I like the 20 minute window also, because that's, that's totally doable and it's manageable. Yeah. And all of our crazy lifestyles. All right, listen, let's, uh, <laughs> let's start to wind down a little bit with a call to action from, from you, Chris Hinshaw. Um, for, for you, you have a, a, our platform, you've got our audience. What do you want to say to them? What do you, what do you want to leave them with? Uh, something that they can kind of put into action here in the next seven days. What I would like to do is uh, a workout that is not featuring how fast you are, how strong you are. What it is, is it's, it's focusing on a skill. And what I, I, I felt like in thinking about it as we're talking, um, what I want is I want people to understand why you train. You train to get the body comfortable with whatever you're asking the body to do. And the body is infinitely adaptable. That's what's so beautiful about the human body that you put a stimulus on it with good nutrition, good recovery, you create this adaptation. And so in some cases, we, we, we want to focus on skill development and the skill that I mentioned earlier, I think it's a good one pacing, how to control your intensity during a workout. So the workout, what we're going to do, it's going to be a total of 10 rounds and each round, what I want you to do is I want you to um, run for 30 seconds. That's it. Just 30 seconds is a simple workout. You're going to take 10 seconds of rest. So it's 10 rounds, 30 seconds of running, 10 seconds of rest. Now, the way that you're going to do this workout is you're going to find a flat 200-meter section of road or trail or track. It needs to be flat. 
you're going to mark your starting spot and you are going to at three, two, one, go start your watch. And you are going to run in one continuous direction, 30 seconds, looking at your watch. When you see 30 seconds, you'll stop your watch and stop your progress. You're going to mark that spot. Now that was your warm up. from that spot where you are now, you're going to run back to your original starting position. That's rep number one. You'll rest 10 seconds and you're going to run back again. That's rep number two. You're always going to be running back and forth. So you are going to, in this workout, get a total of 10 lengths. Now, here's how it's going to become a skill. In your test interval that you did, you ran for 30 seconds and you created a certain distance. And let's just call that 100 meters. In rep number two, when you go and run it, you're going to be running towards that original starting spot. When you reach that starting spot, I want you to hit stop on your watch. And what time should show up on your watch? If you pace it right, it should be 30 seconds. If you are within a half a second faster or a half a second slower than that 30 seconds, you get a point. You can earn a total of 10 points in this workout with perfect pacing. So you then get 10 seconds of rest. You're always starting on your starting spots, always. So if you mess up and go long or short, you have 10 seconds to get on that spot, reset your watch, and go again. Every time you cross the finish line, and remember, it's 30 seconds down the road, you're going to push stop, look at it, and if it's plus or minus a half a second and you're inside of that, you get a point. I like every that. single person listening should get in this workout a minimum of four points. Okay. I'm, I'm that's totally how hard do this. this is, but that's the gauntlet. That's what I want. The test. Some of you will get all 10 and it's not the person who's the best runner. The worst runner is going to do the best in this because they don't overthink it. Yeah. Ah, so does that workout make sense? I love it. It makes perfect sense. So you go down, rest 10 seconds, you go back, rest 10 seconds, you go back. The key is in this workout, do not go fast in your setup because it's not based upon how fast you are. Success is how many points did you get? So pick the speed that you run at the most frequently. I love that. All right. Or for, or for some of the folks listening, maybe it's a jog, right? Maybe it's a right. fast walk. Because what you're going to do is at the end of this workout, you'll create one gear. And here's the kicker. You're not allowed to measure anything. You're doing it based upon feel. And that's why you train. You train and you created one speed. Now your task is to create a range of speeds. I love it. I love it. Man, I need oh. that. That was an incredible conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. I love it. Coach Chris Hinshaw. That'd be the, the, the number one coach in the world for aerobic capacity. Well, I'll go to aerobiccapacity.com and that's where you can find him online. He's on Instagram at aerobic capacity, same name. He's definitely worth the follow because you just, you pick, I love, well, you do, you do a good job of this too. You paid him a compliment earlier and you said he's really good at kind of digesting and breaking things down and explaining things. Yeah. You do a fantastic job too. And those Thank to me you. are the most successful people. If you can break this down blue collar style, you, you win. Absolutely. 
Yes. Right? Yep, that's a key. That's very important because without the person you're communicating with, they're not going to come back. If they don't understand it, they're not coming back. And and our whole, I, I judge Chris's ability and my ability on retention. If he can't keep a client, then he's not, not good. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> true. Yes. All right, Chris, yes. listen, uh, best of luck. Good, uh, good luck with all your travels. And I uh, hope you guys. guys have some exceptional trainings here in the States as you move back this way too. Love it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Such a pleasure, uh, such a pleasure, brother. I'm really glad we could make this whole thing happen. Love it. Thanks, All right. Chris. Take All care, right, buddy. Thanks, we'll punt you from our podcast and let you go and have an awesome day. Thanks, guys. See you, bud. Okay. Take care. That's my guy. I every, love that. Every word that comes out of his mouth, mouth. He's, I mean, he is a coach through and through. And but you can see how. His, his mind is measuring everything and it's just in, he's always geared toward the mission, if you will. And it is speed and well, pacing and duration. And what blows me away is like, he is so plugged in. He homeboys watching Instagram videos and he's counting breaths and steps. Like that's next <laughs> right. level. And, and it wasn't even on a video where I was talking about breaths and steps. I'm literally just carrying on a conversation talking to the, the viewers and sure enough, he's in there as a coach doing what a coach does. He's analyzing yeah. it and thinking about what I could do to improve my performance. I was trying to find the post. Boom. There it is. This is it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here, I'll, I'll put this on for everybody. You should be able to listen to the steps. I guess you can hear it, can't you? That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is so wild. That's awesome, man. That yes. is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. That's that's me trying not to die on a trail. Right? <laughs> right? With a yes. rucksack on top, man. Dude, I was, my watch, so we were talking about heart rates and everything. Really high, like high for me is going to be 150. My I was consistently like 161 to 165. And that's that for me, that's like tacking out right wow, there. Good was, for you, man. <laughs> well, listen, I feel like we uh, went a little bit long with Chris and we can kind of start to wrap up. I do want to play at least name that tune with yes, you. Yes, yes, we got to get okay, into that. Okay, so yes. we, we, we got to do name that tune. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like Chris kind of took us on a, a deep dive. He Today. 100% did. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, like that right now, I think I even need to take a step back and digest some of the things that he said because yeah, I was in, in my mind taking mental notes. Dude, I want to go on a ruck so bad this afternoon. You know? <laughs> yes, I do. Here, man. Oh, do tonight. He inspired me though. And I'm like, man, the only thing is I don't want to overthink it because I was subconsciously doing that. And he said, you're doing it the right way. However, I want to start employing some of the things he's talking about. So as my heart rate starts to come up, what if I just bring it down to a slow, like I'll just walk it off till my heart rate recovers and I keep going. And who knows? Cause that was a 40 minute ruck or so. And he was saying the Holy Grail is one hour. So now it's like, gosh, I want to challenge myself to, now. to get to your 60 minutes. I man. hope you guys are feeling that too. I mean, remember like, and whatever that might be, it might be 10 minutes for you. It might be 20 right. minutes, but just get out there and do something. Focus on, I'm telling you, focus on your breathing. All right, let's yeah. wrap okay. with, and then we'll come back next week. We'll do the forgiveness bit. We'll have a couple of other things. We'll get your intention, uh, deep dive. Uh, do you have a song selected? Because I am 100% ready to go with an unbelievable track that I am nervous for you. 
Oh boy. All right. Okay. I'm ready. And I was actually going to let you choose your decade today before I, before oh, I test okay. you. So you, all you, right. you, do you want to go first and then I'll try to guess this one and then you choose your decade. Okay. okay. All right. You ready? Yep. Ready. All right. Here is your opening line to the song and it's actually kind of a gift. Mm. Oh, seven and oh. Watch them fall. Dude, I love this song. From your hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota, yeah, yeah. the one and only Prince. And? Seven. <laughs> I love that movie right now. Stay such a good song. I remember when that song came out. I loved that song for the moment I heard it. Just yeah. the vibe and the, I mean, the lyrics and the and the the melody. I'm gonna pull this up really beautiful. quick for anybody else that loves Prince as much as I do. CNN just released a podcast series called The Prince Mixtape, and it's four people mm. who are just Prince fanatics talking to people that had involvement with Prince and stuff. And wow. so, if you're a Prince fan, it's a hundred percent worth a download. I heard the guy; he was just a savant. 90s. I'm going to yeah. go 90s for my decade. Oh, sir. 90s it is. Oh, 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 he gets All right. Excited, Here huh? we go. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hit me, Here bro. we go. Here we go. I'm All ready. right. I'm ready. Okay, stop. <laughs> really? Man. Get out of here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Are you impressed? I'm very impressed. Foo Fighters. Yes. Um, and the song is called... Foo Fighters, and the song is called... I'm not a humongous Foo Fighters fan. I should say that up front. I appreciate the band, but I don't know their songs all that well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the first part of it. Can I give you the first part of the song? Please. Ever. Ever. Ever long. Oh, it's all good. Everlong is a great song. Do they even say Everlong in the song? Probably not one time. I don't know if they do. (laughs) I was going to say, I I was like- Probably not one time. I was looking for that in my mind. I don't remember that. (sighs) But yes, Foo Fighters, Everlong. I mean, what an interesting history for Foo Fighters. That whole story is just wild. The fact that it originates as one fourth of Nirvana. Yeah. It just goes from there. Yes. And then obviously the continuation, you know, obviously with, with Taylor Hawkins passing and everything. And then his son, we, we talked about that. Oh, oh. boy. Oh. Well, what a great podcast today, my friend. Yes. Listen, I want to just make a challenge out there. I feel compelled to say like, if you, if you're willing to take a risk, I think anybody listening right now could probably ask themselves that question. Am I the kind of person who's willing to take a risk? Cause not everybody is. And then if the answer is yes, how do we make that happen? That's a nice little takeaway from me today on this podcast. Right. Are you willing to take a risk? And you know right away what your answer is. Yeah. And if you are, then let's find somebody to help you make that happen. This this is where a good coach can come in. And you know what, though? Sometimes your coach can appear as a friend. Yeah. Or as a, sometimes a sibling or a parent or a coworker. Say his dad. Yeah. And they just, you know, there's a saying goes when the student is ready the teacher will appear Mm. and you don't necessarily have to hire a coach but just listen and pay attention and maybe maybe share the fact that you're willing to take that risk with the people around you love it and you never know the kind of advice that you could possibly get but be open to it 
Thank you guys so much for spending some time with us today. We would love it if you would share this podcast with your friends and family and put it in the hands of anybody that could use a little inspiration and motivation, uh, especially surrounding mental and physical health. Amen. I'd be there for them. That's what it's all about. Chris, have a great rest of your week, buddy. You as well, my friend. See everybody next time.